Hello, and thanks for joining us on the podcast that discusses all things gaming. Coming to you from the home of Gen Con and the gaming capital of the world, this is The Established Facts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 90 of The Established Facts. Sorry, I did not mean to blow out your eardrums. I'm just a little excited. Mmm, chocolate milk. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. So that happened. That was a thing. Was a th- episode 90. So we are 10 away from 100, which we'll get to by next December. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, it almost makes me want to, as soon as Gen Con hits, just go, nah, we're at episode 100. Sure. <laughs> oh, we we'll just cram it and like, we'll just do a bunch of little individual. <laughs> Introduce ourselves, plug something, <laughs> call it an episode. <laughs> there you go. I hate to say this, Josh. We may be at 100 when we get to Gen Con. Yeah. It's going to be close. Well, I mean, yeah. if, we, if we continue the to do two... Ads. <laughs> right. If we continue to do at least two a month, then it, I mean, five months. Yeah, it's going to be real close. So, yeah, right there, June, July. Almost hey, our. Fear the Con. Almost our. Uh, Fear the Con, featuring nice. live coverage pr- put on by Fear the Charity and the Established Facts of the, on, uh, the overall episode. Dungeon Crawl. Yeah. That's right. It's no longer an all night Dungeon Crawl. No, I know. That's it's why I said really the overall Dungeon Crawl. Overall because dungeon crawl. Really I wanted to say all night crawl. and. I know it's Overall not. I'm glad it's not. Slots five and six. So yes, make sure you uh, keep your ear to the ground when it comes to all of our convention coverage and things like that. Uh, you know, we've got tons of different stuff coming up. Fear the con uh, in June. Uh, make sure you put that on your calendar. Uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Indiana Comic Con, Indie Pop Con, fun stuff like that. Anyhow, episode ninety. Uh, I don't know how serious of a uh, topic this is going to be, but I think uh, the depth of this conversation should be pretty good. Uh, we're going to be discussing the isms of gaming. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, when you play some games, there's an element of uh, racism, there's an element of sexism, classism um, in in gaming and, and, and in the gaming world um, uh, as we as we kind of Meet new people who are affected by whether it be negatively or positively, uh, you know, stereotypes and things like that. So for our for our versus topic for episode ninety, uh, this is an Avatar reference, and not necessarily. I'm not discussing the movie or the cartoon, you know, the Airbender. Do you when I mean prefer Avatar, to be blue or? I would human. prefer to be a Waterbender, but that's I just would prefer me. to have Zoe Saldana close I'd by. I prefer to be Bender from Futurama. <laughs> oh, well, that works, too. Yeah, yeah. That works, too. Uh, no, in, in this essence, I mean, when you play a game such as World of Warcraft or uh, League of Legends, uh, anything where you have a character or an avatar that you are playing, uh, do you prefer 
to play as a male or a female character. So we're going to go around the table uh, and uh, get everyone's opinion. Uh, I will go ahead and start with Deb because Maggie's chill right now. So if Deb happens to have to leave the table, uh, we'll go ahead and let's go ahead and start to my right. We'll do our introductions and then we'll get our round table stuff. So go ahead. This is Dr. Deb. This is Josh. Lance. Derek. I'm Avital. And of course, I am Big Don. So, Debbie. We had to kick Prime away from the table for this episode. Yeah, he's tired. He wants to take a nap. And uh, now, see, that's napism. Napism, see? <laughs> napism. <Okay>. Napatism. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. That was uh, so, Debbie, uh, male or female avatar? Female avatar. Josh. Male avatar. Fence. Of course. Derek. Smite. Um, male. Avital. Female. Okay. I am definitely a male avatar player as well. So, uh, Lance, you're the only one that kind of fell outside the norm with your fence comment. So, please elaborate on why you are a fence sitter and should thus be smout. It really depends on the game and the class that I'm playing in the game. There are some classes that I associate or I like to choose um, male or I like to choose female. Um, I played Dungeons & Dragons online once, and I wanted to make a party based on the Masters of the Universe characters. So I had a He-Man, I had a Tila, I had a Man-at-Arms. For that game, Tila was the party leader, so she was the one that when you came up and, and saw the party... She was the avatar that came up. So in that case, since I wanted Tila to be in charge, female avatar. Um, other games, uh, like in the Diablo 3 game I'm playing with Josh, my avatar is male. He's a crusader. I based him off of uh, the character from Kingdom of Heaven, Balin. So he's a male crusader. So it just depends on what I'm playing, the class that I'm playing, and the impetus for the character. Okay. Okay, so yours is more character-driven, not yes. so much what your... Gender wouldn't matter, except that the character that I've already got in my head happens to have a gender. Okay. All right. Very, very cool. Okay. Well, it seems pretty, uh, it seems pretty stereotypical that uh, you know, the ladies chose uh, women and the guys chose men. Uh, so, Derek, go ahead and elaborate a little bit on your choice. Um. <clears throat> And this is pri- this is primarily online gaming, uh, so like video games, that sort of thing. Um, I choose uh, male characters because um, the types of games that I RPGs that I play where you can uh, specify your character, I tend to go and explore the uh, romantic aspects of those games. So like Fable or Skyrim. Um, so I can, um, uh, my character can fall in love with other men, and that's the reason why I chose choose male characters. Um, so would you guys say that it's, uh, that you prefer um, to have the choice as to whether or not you can play a male or a female character, or are you okay with the idea of, I'm playing Assassin's Creed, and the only possible character I can play is a guy. Uh, things like that, like where it's kind of a uh, 
instead of being kind of like an open world, open in- interpretation of your character, you are given this choice of character. Lance? I grew up playing uh, on ASCII-type video games where you were a, a cursor or an asterisk, so gender really doesn't matter to me. Okay. Josh? Um, I can I can honestly say that I don't care. Um, a story is going to hook me in. The story is what's going to hook me in. I'll pl- I will play... Uh, Tomb Raider all day long, even if I'm Lara Croft. I'm not going to be mad because I'm not a male Lara Croft. Um, I play Uncharted because I think the story behind it is fantastic, even if Nathan Drake is one of my favorite characters so far. In a game where we have the choice, I will choose male, mainly because I am a male. That's what I understand. But if I don't have a choice, that doesn't mean I'm not going to play the game Otherwise, uh, Assassin's Creed Liberation, I think mm-hmm. is what it was called. Is one was Lib- the first female Libertine, I think is what it's called. Uh, but yeah, was the first female assassin. This mm-hmm. ne- Unity, I think there's a female of one of the four, if so. I'm not mistaken. Um, so it doesn't to me. It's a I will if I do get the choice, I'm going to choose male mainly because that's just that's what I understand. But if I don't have the choice, but the game is still good, I, I'm going to play it. That <laughs> tends to be my route which apparently side note commander shepherd was originally a female in the mass effect series but they decided to go male because they didn't think it was going to sell so i just found that out like a week ago i'll be told um well i don't necessarily play that many video games myself but i've watched my brother play a lot um fable 2 is one Mm -hmm. that i've actually played through the entire thing i like that a lot Mm -hmm. yeah i played a girl um, you played the sister, the sister in the beginning of it. Well, uh, if you play a girl, they're both girls. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Then, yeah, so it's me and my sister. So, right. Anyway, um, but I think like it doesn't matter. It's so much to me. Like, if it's game, a lot of times it's older games mm-hmm. that only have a guy. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Um, my brother. <laughs> kind of funny whenever he plays a game where there's a choice he always plays a female character <laughs> because he says you can get more stuff if you're a girl and i'm just like oh, oh. <laughs> ah. all right yeah. dive right into that there one. it is he yeah. went there there it is and see even though i'm playing a girl i don't do that Mm-mm. are you talking yeah. about online or are you talking about not the fable games inventory Both. wise or can like through through the gameplay, because you're playing a girl, you get more perks out of it than if you were to play a male character online or not. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, like even back to the days of like RuneScape. Oh wow. Hmm? Yeah. Ooh, back in the day. Deb, do you have a do you have an opinion? Maggie, do you have an opinion? <laughs> I get all this stuff. Um, I think the reason that I would prefer to play a female character. And I'm kind of like Avi Tall. I don't play a lot of video games. I watch my husband. I've watched him play Dragon Age. I watched him play Skyrim. I watched you play Watch Dogs. Um, and so, and he would always play male character because that's what he does. I think I, if it was here, Deb, sit here and you play Watch Dogs. I think I would prefer it to be a female character because I would, absolutely, because the interpersonal relationship and the interpersonal interaction <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm holding a really heavy microphone and my daughter with the other arm, so this is a little less than comfortable. Um, the interpersonal interaction makes more sense 
to me, if I'm playing a female and I am a female, so if I want to develop, for example, a romantic interaction like Derek described, um, I'm, I'm heterosexual myself, so I would be interested in a relationship with a male character on there. And so I'd want to do that. Um, playing a male character and then having a romantic relationship with a female character, I, I don't think I would enjoy that as much. I, I just don't think that I would do that. Um, and I would like to see about, you know, the idea of could you have a female forgive me, I know we're a family for a female badass in there, you know, that, you know, with, um, you know, female assassins. I don't know. I personally Samus. think... Samus. 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 Is, is there you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, How in the Avengers movie... Surprised at that one? Right. right <laughs> Everybody. Um, <laughs> you know, I love the, the character of Black Widow in the Avengers. You know, I like that, that female assassin, that idea. And so I would want to play a female character for that reason if I had a choice. If it's one of those there is no choice, for example, in Metal Gear you play snake or you play big, you know, you play some variation on the snake theme. You don't get a female choice for that one. Okay. That's the game. That's the character story that you're telling. But if I had a choice, I wouldn't mind playing one of the female characters, to be honest. However, from what I understand in Metal Gear Solid five, mm-hmm. the, uh, when the full game ultimately comes out, there is a, um, very, well, frankly, a very scantily clad assassin female character. Who's going to be a part of that, that you may be able to play inside missions. Oh, Interesting. Um, I'm just I. It's when you're watching the trailer, you're like, "Whoa, she is not wearing much." Uh, (laughs) Her armor class is through the roof. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. I I just don't understand. Well, obviously, don't understand why the need for like a second table for a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you run in those things, your back is probably going to break. Uh, Yeah. Would think. Um, yeah, I think, that's and that's about as family friendly as I can put. Yeah, my thought. I understand. Yeah, yeah. No, that's understandable, Lance. <laughs> now, if it's just a skin issue, like the mechanics of the game are the same, is it the same choice? Like you don't get anything extra out of it. Yes, it's, it's the just same choice for me. For, for me, yeah. Okay. yeah. That's, that's interesting to know. Okay. Um, my follow-up question to that is. Uh, when you are playing a game where there is a choice for you to be a male or a female character, um, do you do you find it difficult sometimes to connect with that character? Because a lot of times when they when they program the characters, they program them all to be this universal way. When this guy asks you this question, this is how you're going to react. And so, I guess my question is. Um, do you find that playing, let's say, playing a female character in Fable seems genuine, like you're actually playing a female character, or they have the exact same reactions that a male character would have, and it's just kind of like, you Your know, skin, you, almost, yeah, 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 it's yeah, like just because I feel like when when if I was gonna play Uncharted, the way that Drake responds to certain things and the way that he talks might be different if he was a female lead character versus him being a male lead character. The Last of Us, um, Joel and... Why do I always forget the girl's name? I'm not trying to be, I promise. Um, But the three quarters of the game you play as Joel, you play as the male character, and you're always trying to protect her. But there there is a section of the game where you actually take her on as... The character, and uh, you actually have to go save Joel from a situation he's gotten himself involved in. I'm really trying not to ruin this because if anyone hasn't played that game yet and you own a Sony console, shame on you. Um, 
you just need to play it. But uh, it's very different because a lot of people, when you're looking at the the cover on that game, you think that she's a, a little girl, and she's not. She's a teenager, a teenager living in a post-apocalyptic world who just happens to be. She's more BA than he is. In in situa- oh yeah, uh, in certain situations, <laughs> yes. The funny thing is, it's like I was a lot better with a bow with her than I was with Joel. Uh, and it, it was a combination. You could definitely tell the strengths and weaknesses between the two. And I think the fact that the dynamic was Joel and this this girl, I'm really feeling silly right now, not honing her name. Ugh. Is it Ellie? But Ellie, thank you. Wait My go. goodness. How did I know that. I have no idea how I knew that. Uh, um, <laughs> but, um, Even if it's not, at least it's based, got a name. Based off on how the exactly. game started. Uh, the dynamic is huge. Yeah. The, no! the dynamic is huge later in the game based off how the game actually started. Uh, just what Joel had to go through. But you can tell the the guy, Joel, is trying to be as defensive and uh, protective as possible to this girl who he sees now as a daughter figure. But then when you see, you take over Zelly, she becomes the almost the protective like I gotta find my dad type even though they don't have an official mother you know father daughter relationship but it's definitely male versus female in the way they handle the situations Derek and I'm, I do not know the source of this um, I know this was a convention round uh, not a round table but a um, but a uh, panel um, and uh, developers have said that when they are developing female characters, they insist on having females develop the female characters. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, because they are concerned that they're being not uh, inauthentic. When right. Disingenuous to, yeah. Absolutely. And, that, and that's kind of my question. Like, and the reason I bring the question up is because, for example, um, one of my wife and I's uh, favorite movies, uh, especially hers, because she's read the book, is uh, Memoirs of a Geisha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in that movie, that book uh, and the screenplay was adapted from a book that was written uh, by a man. So the question comes, uh, and and especially like, and and it's even the reverse too. When you when you look at uh, books that are written uh, by women that have a main male perspective uh there kind of seems to be sometimes um uh, a mudding up of the water or like something lost in translation like guys reading this book and they're like a guy would never react that way to this situation or or a girl would never react this way to this situation uh and that's kind of that's kind of my uh where i'm coming from in that is like is there is there something that gets lost when when a when someone creates a character for a game, uh, and 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 it's you know, it's definitely news to me, and I think that's great that when they are developing uh, a female character, or or uh, or if it's a if it's a female who's the lead designer on a new game, and they're trying to develop a male character, same thing. Like mm-hmm. like this, these would be because you know, a guy's going to react differently to the same stimulus uh, as a girl would. The question that comes up. Is does it matter? There's the that's going to be the initial the the hardest question is yeah. does it matter? 
Um, and personally, I believe it matters. I think it does too. I think that I think that when you're trying to make that connection, uh, you know, the reason why people get so enveloped into, say, uh, John Spartan uh, from uh, Halo, Master Chief, oh, Master, Master Chief. Chief. Okay. Uh, the reason that they get so connected with Cortana, and the reason that they get so connected with John, is because. They are stereotypes of that sex and that type of character. You know, Cortana is kind of is kind of John's conscience and his, uh, if you will, his decision making process. Kind of all filters through her because she's constantly giving him new information and new advice, and she wants to be his caretaker and his nurturer. And he's like, eh, "Just hand me a clip, and I'll jump off this building and take out everybody." You know, it's it's very much that. That very quintessential, uh, you know, macho uh, man perspective, macho character perspective in his way, and then hers being a very uh, nurturing and um, uh, motherly, thoughtful? yeah, motherly, uh, you know, caretaker kind of role. Um, I think on the flip side of that, going back to what Lance said about you know, it, in certain games, it doesn't matter. Because you were saying, like, you played ASCII games where you were, like, a blinking... Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, where you don't know what gender you are because you can't tell. Right. Um, I think those, like, um, Mega Man or, like, those platformers, like Super Mario Brothers, Mario. Right. Mega Man, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't. But when the trend is going more storyline now. Mm-hmm. Right. And going more towards the, quote-unquote, humanist type mm-hmm. of aspect. And so... Maybe even Solid Snake a little bit. Uh, those types of shooters, like those shooters, like um, Battlefield, Call of Duty, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I don't think it really matters who you're playing. Yeah, I mean, there's still a campaign, but yeah, I mean, that's it. Well, and I think that that theme of game is a completely different type of game to add that kind of an element to. Exactly. So yes. So I, there are certain games that doesn't matter, but if you if you're bringing in um, character development, if you're bringing in storyline, I think it does matter. Well, if if we go back to some of the classic uh, Sony or NES games, um, let's say Final Fantasy, the original. If you wanted to be a black wizard, you're genderless. It's just a person with no face. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a fighter, you're very definitely male. If you want to be a white mage or a healer, you're very definitely a female. Um, then you get into games where being a different gender matters. Uh, you brought up Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers 2, right. uh, if you play Peach, you get a definite advantage yes. because you can jump and then float. You can float. Instead right. of just being able to jump. Um, Luigi, I think, jumps higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toad, Toad is faster. 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 Yeah. So... Those things, it does matter which gender you play, but I think they could have made those genderless characters and say if you play a character, the the red one, then you're normal. Green, you jump higher, but you're slower. Right. You know, white, it, 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 it could de- use something depends else. depends on the storyline. Like, is it a, is there a, how deep is the backstory right. on these, on the, uh, the game that you're playing and the characters, how deep is that? Um, and it, if it's a deep storyline, if there's any sort of romantic relationship involved with it, then it matters. Yeah. yeah. In Final Fantasy Tactics, male versus female character does matter. Uh, female characters may not be as physically strong, mm-hmm. but they might be uh, more emotionally strong or faith-based strong. So that 
it does matter in that. But there, like you said, there is a more of a backstory to that game. Mm-hmm. Well, and 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 my next question that kind of leads into our discussion um, uh, is when it comes to the relationship of your character or characters, depending on if you're playing like a game like Final Fantasy where you have multiple characters that you're trying to maintain. Um, you know, story storyline being a huge part of the gameplay. Uh, and and the game I'm thinking of right off the bat was the first real RPG video game that I <clears throat> that I really kind of sold out for, which was Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. In that game, there are some very vivid characters and a lot of really fun characters to play. And one of my favorite characters was Eris, who, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't played it, ends up getting killed halfway through by Sephiroth. And the reason that I that was... I know that, but that's okay. The reason that that's important to me was because I really loved the dynamic in the storyline that you have between Eris and Cloud. And so when Sephiroth, who is this, you know, big freaking jerk of a guy, comes down from the heavens, if you will, and just takes her out, like, I was I was seriously emotionally distraught, and I seriously had to set the game down for a little while because I was so invested in those characters. And so I guess my uh, – kind of my spinoff question is when it comes to whether the character is male or female, uh, it doesn't really matter, but – do you feel like there is um, uh, more empathy given to characters who are a mixed party so that you can invest a little bit more time in them, such as a Final Fantasy VII or even like a Skyrim when you have a companion or uh, or Fable when you have your little, uh, your little sister, your sibling, or the dog for the love? Uh, you know, things like that. <laughs> things like that. Derek? Uh, to answer that question, yes. I think that's... <laughs> um, so, Dragon Game, Dragon Rider Game, <laughs> brings that up. Yes, yes, it matters, and yes, it, matters. It, it it matters because part of it is because they don't have as much control as the main character, mm-hmm. um, and so you're trying to save them, but they don't have as many of the tricks or you know, the focus of the story as they are on the main character. So it's like they're almost like pseudo-helpless. But I think that the trope of rescuing the female, uh, the female dies, has just been overplayed about 20 years ago. (laughs) Um, And... It's because that's that's all the that's all these games have been. Everything from King's Quest is, except for the two, uh, two of the series that you're playing the female. It's always been like rescuing the girl and from the tower, and um, it's it's just been so played out. I will respectfully disagree. And that's okay. Uh, Round one. Well, fight. no, it's actually, <laughs> uh, frank, frankly, it was a lot of the reason why uh, I didn't join on episode sixty-eight because it was, it was, it was not. And I'm not going to get into an argument on it. <laughs> it's just not worth that. But yeah. uh, I think, I think what is important in any game, role playing, video, whatever it is, 
Um, it's the story's got to be able to get you hooked in. And if it's the relationships that are hooking you in, male or female, whatever, right. if I can understand where you're coming from because there's not a male saving a male storyline. There hasn't been. Right, but that's not what I'm saying. Well, well, it's just the female character has always been put into the I'm helpless, damsel on distract. Well, and I'll tell you, I think a lot of that has to come down to um, literature. Um, and the reason I say, because they're a big element in literature where most people get their ability to write stories come from. Uh, they've read these stories, and it helps drive a lot of how they write stories. So if a lot of the drive comes from an, an era, many, many eras, in which the damsel is the one in distress, they understand and can produce a better story off of the things they understand. What's What you are seeing now, though, is um, I, I'll give Dragon Age Inquisition a ton of credit, a ton of credit, because... Bioware has uh, pretty much gives you any option under the sun mm-hmm. in that uh, you can play any race and you can be attracted to any race or any uh Gender. sex whatever you yeah. want it it doesn't matter it's there um and they make an element of if you are attracted or involved with that they are going to get into some danger and you are going to be the one that has to make sure it doesn't happen, which is why you made the comment that side characters tend to be ones that we easily hook onto. But for example, in dragon age, you can play a female and you can fall for a male and you've got to figure out how to make sure that male doesn't die. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, there are characters that will die in the series. Now, dragon age has also, tried to, if they're going to give you the option of being romantically involved, they try not to make sure that the character dies permanently. Mm. Um, at least so far. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see that at a later date. Um, yeah. And I, I, If they do, then I will walk up to their headquarters and well, give a standing ovation. And that, like, That's where Bio, Bioware's well stance Bioware stance has been on it the whole time. But I think story writing <clears throat> has to do a lot with the history. And history has been the damsel in distress. So uh, writing that element, if they're going to put that element in, it is easier. And, uh, whether, you, whether you agree with it or disagree with it or not, it is a lot easier to write that element in so they can focus on everything else that's going on. If they're going to put a love interest in, it's easier to do a male and female. I just call it lazy. Well, call I, it lazy all you want, but the Uncharted the series word. is my... Easier, lazy. Uh, the Uncharted series is, is to this day one of the best told stories out there, and one of the most entertaining parts of it is the relationship between Elena and Drake. Well, and I think that you know the damsel in distress theme is seven hundred years old. I mean, it yeah. it came into popularity during the Renaissance in plays and stories and songs and things like that, and it's just something that the mass of people tend to enjoy. So, Lance. We've, we've kind of focused a lot on, on sexism here uh, so far. I know this is an isms of gaming, so here's one more. Um, I'm the resident comic book guy. We've kind of established that in previous casts. The fallout among fans uh, when Marvel decided to alter Thor to say that Thor lost his ability to be you know, able to wield Mjolnir and a female picked that up and became Thor. Now there's a female Thor in the Marvel Universe. That was huge among the fans because 
Thor is an established male character. Mm-hmm. So like I when I create my role playing characters, I I make them look like they would be uh, based on who I want them to be. Like I give the example of I play a female character, it's a female avatar, male character, male male, male avatar, excuse me. Um, to do that to an established character, it upsets people. Why do you think that is? Um I don't I'm not 100% sold that it's sexism in that sense. I think it's we understand who Thor is. Let's let's take a different character. Let's take She-Hulk. Okay. And for some reason, they turn. Well, it's not going to be good because there's already a male Hulk. Try Wonder Woman. Wonder That's the Woman. Whole point. Yeah. Try Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Okay, you have Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. uh, and she in some magical comic doohickiness, they uh, turn. Uh, they lose. She loses her powers, and a male Amazonian well, rises. That's a, that. Well. The problem with that is there, there's no option for that because all Amazonians are women. Well, um, what I'm well, getting at is that it's the it's not necessarily may not necessarily be the sexism. It may be the fact that it's an established character, character. and you're right. really well, mucking with it. I, I mean, I, it's it's the same as like, hey, we're going to kill off Wolverine. Yeah, oh, sure. <laughs> exactly. That I mean, yeah. yeah. But it's I, I get you because they killed Superman like four times I, but, two sorry that's two. going well but the thing about Thor they encased him in adamantium this is the biggest reason that I know that a bit the biggest reason I can come up with that they'd be able to get away with making Thor a female is because the key behind Thor was always Mjolnir and Thor is only as really is only as powerful as Mjolnir, and only those that are worthy, uh, worthy can carry Mjolnir. And if th- the male Thor no longer became worthy, mm-hmm. but a female was able to become worthy, mm-hmm. it's easy to explain because as guardians, there's no real limit there. They're male and female as guardians. True. Thor, the concept really comes down to Mjolnir. It doesn't come down to the race or the sp- the sex or the whatever. I mean, goodness gracious, and a frost giant, if he were worthy, could wield Milner. And <laughs> that's just that's within that same realm. DC is very it's very hard for to do stuff like that in DC. Um for main characters, except for like your Batmans. Because even Robin has been a female. Mm-hmm. Um but a lot of the DC stuff is very pigeonholed so far that I've seen um yeah but I'm not you're not gonna have a female Superman it's Superman yeah that's why you get Supergirl yeah exactly or woman Superman right I just I'm I'm having a hard time with that because um if you've invested in Thor right as the this incarnation of Thor the male incarnation of Thor and I'm hoping because I, I haven't read a lot of the comics of Thor. I'm hoping it's more than I have big hammer me smash stuff. Um, it's, it's actually has like some character development on him. Then I, I can understand that if people are like, okay, well we've invested all this time in this character. Now he's something else. Right. Right. Now can now take that into the gaming world. Would you be upset if you were playing? Larry Croft. I would not. Okay. See, but for some reason, we identify Thor 
the character as a guy, and there was a lot of backlash with Marvel over the decision to take the hammer away from a male character and then give it to a female character calling it the same name. Didn't they do this before? I think I think part of the thing with Thor is that it's not just exactly a comic book creation. It goes Correct. all the way back to Thor the mythology. Is a mytho- yeah. yeah, I mean, it's you Norse. know, with the Norse, Norse mythology. mythology and in the Norse mythology, but Thor the, is male. Yeah, but this Okay. It, just because it's 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 a I'm just saying it's Thor's just because a it's a character yeah. that, that people are aware of. Right. He is people are aware of it, but I don't not, think it's not to even. that level. I think that's just I think that can be a part of it. It can, but Marvel's Thor is different than the Norse Thor. Oh, oh I am well just, aware of that. It's just I just I think that the for the majority of people they only understand the Marvel <clears throat> Thor versus the oh, there's this ambiguous entity called Thor that was Happened during the Viking Age and controlled thunder and blah. An, an element um, you made you asked the question: Would you be upset if it were Larry Croft? I think what or Super the, Maria Brothers? No, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. Um, <laughs> no. a, lo- a lot of I'm that. Super Maria. A lot of that because because no. here's a couple of <laughs> Here, here's a couple of elements that I could see that coming into play. Um, <laughs> With Tomb Raider, the series Tomb Raider, the star has always been Lara Croft. She's been the star. But they named it Tomb Raider, which means I believe that they could easily create a story with a male lead. Um, That being said, if they did that, it'd be a a straight copy to Uncharted. Because I do believe that Uncharted was a copy from Tomb Raider. I do not deny that in any way. Uh, And I know there's a lot of elements there. So you'll see with Tomb Raider, they won't do that. But I'll step back and maybe a little less gaming-related, but one that I know has been a topic amongst others, the Doctor in the Doctor Who series, if he were to ever be a female. Like the Mistress? Yes, like Like the Mistress. But would the Doctor ever be... Spoilers. Oh, if... Yeah, well... What? Sorry, not everyone's seen seen that. But... Anywho, the doctor being a female. Heck, the do- <laughs> anywho. <laughs> oh, Heck, with the other, with the other. <laughs> Don't isms, leave Lance. The doctor being black—that hasn't happened yet. We haven't seen anything other. Than, the doctor being American—that ain't gonna well, happen. You say that, that ain't gonna he happen. is Scottish. I understand, and that is a spoiler because you can you you that's still around, the United but... Kingdom. <laughs> True, but they did drift out a little bit. What yeah, happens if they I could see maybe like Australian? Welsh. I could see maybe Welsh. But again, it's it's that same <laughs> it's that same reason. Or, I've now brought up nationalism, racism, and sexism, all yeah. having to do with one character that could easily, easily be any of those, and yet yeah, they still keep true. them in a box. And it's that's funny true. because the, congratulations, the, you won the yes. ism yes. trifecta. <laughs> it's it's in Doctor Who canon that other time lords have. Reincarnated as, as the opposite male gender. and female, because he Correct. mentions in one episode, oh such and such, he was a crazy guy, you know, or her, or a right, <laughs> like the same exactly time lord. Yes, but it hasn't been both. the Doctor. Correct. I know. I know that's the one they haven't touched yet, and mm-hmm. that's I, I see Seems where that's cool. ca- you're. Some people are willing to take the risk. Marvel took a risk. Some people may not be fans of it, but they took a risk to try something different, to step out of the box. Whoever made the, the Metroid series with Samus, they took a risk. Oh, they were the original risk takers. You're, you're absolutely right. And that was, a, that was a jump. But sometimes the risk 
in certain cases, isn't worth the possible financial loss. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the smaller game studios that you see putting these games out, Naughty Dog being the because prior to Crash Bandicoot, like it was Crash Bandicoot, and then you, the the Uncharted series came out. Like there wasn't a lot that the Naughty Dog group was doing. So when they put Uncharted out and took the very safe approach of we're going to make an Indiana Jones type, mm-hmm. which not to say that was safe, but an Indiana Jones game, mm-hmm. a lot like Tomb Raider, and have him fall in love with a girl, mm-hmm. they were they were taking the bet that people would buy it because it's an Indiana Jones type game that just happens to have a, sto- a love story in it. Yeah. So they now storyline was worth. But with The Last of Us, yeah. they took a totally different risk there because they're now putting a teenager at risk. Like, you're playing a teenage character. Was that Naughty Dog? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's Naughty Same dog. group of people. And it's... it's you got to give some... Comp- now, granted, EA, they mm-hmm. bought Bioware, they let Bioware take all, all the risks they want. Mm-hmm. D&D, you can play whatever you want. The reality is, is that... And maybe that's where we need to go with the, ultimately is... If you're not happy with the way the video game market's working, start yourself a role-playing game. I, you know, <laughs> well, Paizo is has done a lot. I was. I will have to say, Paizo and surprisingly, Wizards has yeah. done a lot. Um, Paizo, um, who is it? The Shaman. Uh, is it the Shaman? Yeah, it's the Shaman. She yeah. is a lesbian. Um, well, a, uh, the shaman them. is andro- is androgynous. She's not. She's. I don't think she's male or female. The, Kyra it's and the cleric and the rogue and are lesbian. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. Kira oh, she Marisol. was the. She's a transgender. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and also uh, Magic the Gathering. Kieran Marisoller. Uh, transgender character is uh, okay. is in in the new set, which was <sighs> like. Oh. That was that shocked me when I heard that because, I mean, Magic the Gathering. First of all, that doesn't really matter. But <laughs> it matters to wizards. Uh, but then, but then the fact that they did it for such a um, for that title is 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 interesting move. But in the same respect, I mean, is it is it something that those companies are using to open the eyes of awareness for you know sexual awareness, or is it? A marketing ploy to where they can open a whole another door to people that don't play magic. Lance, I think it is twofold. I think uh, yes, it is a, a, a marketing thing. You're you're opening it up to new audiences, but I think also the times have changed. We are no longer a boys are boys and girls are girls and boys fall in love with girls and girls fall in love with boys society. I think that is changing. Um, and it's, it's never been fully that. I mean, look at ancient Rome, <laughs> but. Society is now becoming more accustomed to the change, more accustomed to uh, variants, if you will. Um, I, I give a lot of credit to media for that because it is becoming more available in media. You look at TV shows now versus TV shows from the 1960s, and you're going to see a major difference. I mean, the, the shows we watch now, just the regular TV shows on broadcast television, would be rated R mm-hmm. in those ages. And but society has progressed. I'll go off of that. Um, going back to King's Quest, there was uh, King's Quest V. Um, there was a tailor in the village, and he was the worst stereotype gay character on the planet. And But nowadays you've got Last of Us, where you have that 
gay character and it's he's portrayed a lot more authentically we're we're going back to this whole idea of of portraying characters authentic and um i think that it's i think it's important for these companies to broaden these different storylines because i think part of it is you know it's it's a different aspect to explore um i and I, I think that they need to do it as authentically as possible. Um, and, you know, I I go off, uh, I, I really get set off when people say, why are you putting this in there? Why are you doing something? Well, why are you putting these, these types of characters in there? You shouldn't be pushing this on us. And part of me is like, okay, Mr. First World Problems. Um uh, you need to just quiet because you don't have. For me, it's important to see people like me in there. Mm. Because every time that I go to a, a, see a video game, and it's like, okay, well, now we have the obligatory romance scene, and I'm like, two now. Because I just can't relate. Continuing with this, would you watch. Um since Dev hasn't said much, I want to ask this question kind of at her direction. Would you watch a Disney Prince movie Ooh. where the female has to rescue the prince, like, say, Mulan? But would you, I mean, would you watch a, a movie based like that? And would you play a game with that as the center where it is no longer the damsel, but the Don that's in, in distress? Yes. Um, one of the reasons I liked the movie Brave was that I felt like um, like finally the girl was sorry my child was moving I'm making sure we're right um, yeah um, I felt like the main female character actually had some ability to, to take care of herself <coughs> sorry everybody um, and that she I mean she was an amazing shot you know, she was the best shot of everybody. She was better than all those boys that she was in that competition against. Um, as I felt that she was developed in herself, that she didn't need the prince. Now, it, you know, if she'd gotten a prince, would I have hated the movie? No. But I thought that it was great that they made her enough of a heroine in herself, that you didn't need that romantic storyline. I mean, I didn't really care. And I hate to say that. I was like, hmm. She has no romantic interest whatsoever, and I am totally interested in this character. I think she's awesome. So, yes, I would. I loved what they did with Brave. It was neat, the the idea with Frozen, a slightly different twist. You still had that romance with Anna, mm-hmm. but it was the sister relationship. It was the love between sisters and family that they took. I thought that was a great um, different twist. Um, you know, if they do a, a Brothers movie, I'm trying to think if they've done a really good Brothers movie. I don't think Disney really has. Um, Brother Bear? Uh, <laughs> That, okay, that. that's the next movie that comes up with Disney. Fox and the Hound. Milo and Otis. Milo and Otis. Okay, all right. Um, but yeah, um, and I would be interested in see what they do with that. So um, yes, I would. I would watch that. I think what's most interesting about you, you brought up Frozen, and it's kind of interesting. I I love that movie. I love Brave as well because uh, I think it's a new definition of and and you kind of hit the nail on the head when it comes to to this subject exactly, uh, Lance. That it's a different world. You know, you've got you've got different roles than you did twenty, thirty, forty, fifty years ago. 
Uh, and I think it's really interesting to see, um, you know, even Kristoff uh, in that movie. Mm-hmm. He's not a prince. Nope. He's oh. a... He's a he's dude. A schlub. He's a schlub. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's an he's ice a, deliverer. He's an ice deliverer. Yeah, and he has you know he sings and talks to his reindeer. He's reindeer. Right? You know what I mean? Reindeer. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So it's it, and and it's interesting that that his Spoilers. role. Yeah. And very very similar to um, Flint Rider in Tangled as well. Like they're they're they're. Yeah. Yeah, there's they're, no T uh, in his name. That's what they're trying to do. Shut up. <laughs> it's important. I don't know if you heard that. Flynn Ryder. Beautiful. Thank you. His middle name is Thomas. <laughs> Flynn. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> not his name at all. Spoilers. <laughs> anyway. Um, you know, uh, those characters, they're not princes by any stretch of the imagination. But it's really cool that when they're called upon... They have the strength that a lot of these princes from, you know, 30, 40 years ago uh, in those Disney movies, whatever, 50, 60, 700 years ago, who cares? Um, are the, one person listens to this show. They don't care. I mean, she's on the show. Think about we Snow White. How, how much screen time does the prince have? Yeah, like, like none. <laughs> like none. Right. Um, he but, shows up, does his necromancy thing, and it's on. <laughs> 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 and when I say necromance, he puts the romance in necromance. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Right. Hilarious. But I think Disney is also exploring other isms like uh, race. Yeah. I mean, they... Chiana. The, Chiana. Yeah. the black, black princess. princess. There's a new Mexican princess. Yes. There is. I oh, just read that. Yes. Oh. Elena, I think's her name or Yeah, but she's like on TV. I mean, oh. It doesn't matter. It's still a princess. Oh, okay. No. She's a TV. So star. you're a TVist. Yes. Oh. Uh, well, if you're if you're a TVist, then you should be fine. There's plenty of cross gender race things going on on HBO and Stars every day. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I mean, HBO. <laughs> Showtime. Yeah, all of it. Yes. I mean, but they they've always been the ones that pushed the envelope because they didn't have to. They don't have to rely on sponsors. Exactly. Well, they rely on us paying them way too much money yeah. to be on I, TV. I think another. Go ahead, Lance. Oh, I got. I've got one more ism. That go ahead. Suspects specifically to gaming, newbieism. The the noob versus the player who's been established for a while. How do you treat a noob? Poorly. Oh. <laughs> That's had not this very nice. Do not treat a noob poorly. I think we do. I don't think I we have. do. Well, you have. Oh, so you're confessing your sins. I'm confessing my sins. Okay, all right. I actually have have treated newbies, uh, some newbies, obviously, uh, because Office Tall is still here. There's Um, a reason why we send our gamers through Donnery first. That's right. right. We're the the lovers. Derek Derek was my first GM ever. Oh, okay. I think we kept you around. Two games specifically. I think Halo and I think World of Warcraft. Both of the the more porgs. If you will, a <laughs> pork. <laughs> That's uh, MMORPG for those of you who aren't sure. Wow, I like very much better. the noob uh, treatment is oh, deplorable. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But is that something that is just established in gaming, or is that 
gamers who have been mistreated their whole lives are now being able to do that to someone else. Well, and I think, I mean, I honestly think, I think that that dynamic exists, and I know it doesn't exist solely in in that uh, arena of gamer, but I think it is more rampant in online gaming than it is in tabletop or uh, board gaming or anything like that. I mean, you might... Card games? Well, okay, that, in my opinion... And and you guys may disagree. In my opinion, when you're talking about competitive card games, that's a whole different genre of game, uh, a game environment. I want noobs at my card games. Game environment. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My point. My what I'm saying is what I'm saying is when I'm sitting at a table to play Pathfinder, mm-hmm. or if I'm sitting uh, at a table to you're play. You're talking cooperative versus. Right. 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 Uh, oh. If I'm playing a competitive game, mm-hmm. I will play a noob all day and all night and smash face if I need to. And I'm going to be a sportsman about it, but yeah, that's the, that's the thing. But though. you're going to be a sportsman, right? There is a lot of there new, are new pay. There right. are, but I think that again, when you're talking about if someone were to sit down at a table and had never touched the, a Magic the Gathering deck, right? I would be as patient and as kind and as loving as I was as I would be if I was teaching them how to play Pathfinder. But if you're playing in an online competitive Possibly uh, PvP. Yeah, possibly like a um, uh, competition style game. If I'm playing Magic the Gathering for prize and money, I will play my best friends as hard as I will play any noob at the table because, in my opinion, what you want in that situation is a win. And I think that that's why I say it's different. You have a different motivation when you sit at a card game. When you play UFS and you're teaching me how to play UFS, I will. Teach. Your attitude is totally different. Then if you and I sat at a tournament we're table... We're talking about noob Right, right. But I'm saying if I'm a noob and I just learned how to play UFS five minutes before I walked into the store... I will store, smash face with Exactly. You. That's I'll, my point. But that's not, that's not noobism. Noobism would be I'm a new guy and I'm playing a deck and I'm playing a card that the thousands of online deck builders have determined what is the worst card in this set. Right. And I'm going to say, oh my god, I can't believe you're playing because this happened to me. Oh, I can't believe you're playing that card. Why are you playing that horrible card? You're, you're, you suck at this. Okay. That's noobism. Okay. Treating, treating a new player like crap and not, not, not afterwards, no matter what they're doing, like as they're playing, etc. It's, it's just like, uh, if you win a match... In your competitive scenario, you're going to be the type to you know stand up, shake the guy's hand, whatever. Yeah. You know, thank no matter you for if playing, noob or not. wishing the best of luck, whatever. That's a sportsman thing. Whereas somebody on Halo, who a bare, level one Halo noob versus level twenty fourteen year old who's been playing for years, <laughs> celebratory crotching. That's right. Uh, well, I I I witnessed this in Destiny because when Destiny first got rolled out. There were pretty much either people who played every couple of days or people who've been playing for 60 hours straight and are already level 25. And they opened up the multiplayer side of this, and you step in there at level 6, and it's supposed to have this balancing engine, but it's you're a level 6 and a couple level 9s, and then a 25 and a 38. (laughs) They're just blowing you out of the water. Making you look extremely terrible, and then making fun of you for it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Instead of yeah. going, "Oh man, I know you're new. Take a look at blah." Uh, Go ahead, Avital. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, part of the whole noob thing is part of. Okay, I, I don't really like. I don't like competitive gaming. 
like, at all. Um, and the noob type thing is part of it. You know, like, people being unpleasant about winning, uh, you know. Um, she says it so nicely, I'm yeah. sorry. She does. Unpleasant yeah. about winning. And, and also because I know that um, I have it in me to be unpleasant about winning, and it's really hard to not. Like, if I beat somebody... Because there are there are some games that I play with people. Like, okay, this is totally random, but um, Words with Friends on my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I play with my sister, and I beat her almost every time. Uh-huh. And that's probably easier to not be unpleasant about it, because I'm not actually, like, seeing her playing it with her face-to-face. But I'm just better with words than her. Mm-hmm. Um, You're a writer. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, but for me... I don't take that kind of thing well. Like, for me as a person, like, those kind of things, like, if I, Ash, my brother has been like, play Halo with me, do this with me, and I'm like, every once in a while, and I'm just like, I I am terrible at this. I'm not interested in it enough to put the effort in to get good at it. Right. And I can't handle the way that, even if they're not that bad of comments, like, I'm still taking them to heart, even though I know Mm -hmm. that this is not my thing and I'm not trying to be good at it. Right. But the comments still hurt me just because of how I am as a person. Um, Don, situation. A new... I love hypotheticals. Yes, because they're awesome. Mm -hmm. And they don't hurt at all, I swear. (laughs) Um, So you're playing Magic the Gathering Mm -hmm. in a competitive... uh, You're playing on a... PTC, okay, Pro Tour Core. Uh, yeah. So, um, and a, you know, a noob is sitting down um, across from you, mm-hmm. um, and they make a technical f- foul. Okay. Like they they uh, don't uh, they untap after they draw or something. You know, like a they do something. Mundane really mundane okay. and stupid. Yep. Do you call them out on it and no. get the win? No. I don't. For something like that. If now, furthering the hypothetical. Yep. If they play an artifact, mm-hmm. and that artifact has a static ability, mm-hmm. and they forget to draw that extra card, and it's a may. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying a word. <laughs> well, that's that's different. Right. Right. I'm just saying, like, like. I am a competitive person, but I am I am a competitive person that enjoys playing the game more than winning the game. Okay. Okay. okay so, so noobism is making someone who is new to a game feel bad for being new, new to new. the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you watch WoW. You watch those Halo games where... People will scream the word noob into the microphone after they've killed your character. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then they'll they'll do their teabag dance or whatever it is that they do. Yep. That's why I don't People play. that camp on uh, spawn sites knowing that the person's going to be brand new in there. Oh, the the dang it, the game that uh, Tony Eve. Eve. Yes, Eve, Eve is is horrible. It's yes, but Eve for is that. Eve is very open about that and aware of it like the whole point of the, the game is that you gotta put your time in if you wanna stick around they're open about that though now let's translate that to real life when you're on a football team mm-hmm. and you're the new guy do you get picked on do you get initiated by 
being the noob and making it through that uh, hazing hazing process. I, is is noobism the geek form of hazing? I think I I mean I think so. I think uh, you know having played myself, having played competitive sports, having uh, played competitive tabletop games, having played casual gaming. Uh, and having been in um, other competitive forms uh, of contest, um, I think that in in many circumstances where there is a group dynamic, uh, there is a time frame in which you are getting associated with that group. And I, I mean, I know that there are fraternities and sororities and things like that that have that hazing process and a lot of you know a lot of that hazing gets blown out of proportion because there are situations where it gets out of hand from certain groups uh, but in i mean to be completely honest uh of all the groups that i've been a part of of all the teams that i've been a part of where that has been an element there um it hasn't really been that bad and Maybe it's just because I'm a little thicker skinned than some people, but um, it hasn't been that bad. And to be completely honest, the whole root of of the reason why you're doing it is to try and build that camaraderie with your other teammates. Derek? I think that's different than what we're talking about, though, because let let's go back to Magic the Gathering or... A lot of these other games, you're not there to build a team. You're there to play a game, right? And it's not like uh, I'm sitting down with this these Magic players, and you know, several months down the line, we're going to be supporting each other, uh, playing six headed dragon or some something crazy mm-hmm. as a team. Mm-hmm. Hazing as a ha- as a team building exercise in some respects, has its place. Right. Um, but if you're an individual, then then all that is is just, uh, I'm a bully. Cruelty. Yes. Well, and, and I think that that's definitely where the line is drawn. I think that in games like Magic the Gathering, UFS, where you're playing an individual sport, if you will, mm-hmm. um, there is uh, there is kind of that lone wolf status where you are trying to scratch and claw your way up the ranks and you don't you don't have the backing of a team however you know we're also talking when you sit down at a role-playing game let's say you go to gen con i have not seen this at gen- i have not no, no no hang on let me give you a hypothetical okay. you go to gen con you've never played pathfinder before all of your other gaming buddies that may be... society members. Yeah, yes. they're society members. And Our they say, core. hey, we want you to register for this society game. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, our table is full, but if you go at the same slot, you can play with other gamers. You get to that table. You don't know anybody there. But, you know, you let's say maybe you're a little bit more of an extrovert, so you can deal with a new crowd. Mm-hmm. So it's not the crowd itself that's an issue. But every time you flub a roll or you have to ask questions and things like that. Or you build a, a wizard that has a low yeah, intel. Yeah, maybe you, t- yeah, you have a low intel. You know, you put a 12 in your intel. Right. Um, you know, and, and because you're not 100% sure how the mechanics work, you, maybe you've played Dungeons & Dragons Second Ed, you know, 25 years ago, but you haven't touched anything since then. Uh, you really like role-playing games. But you, uh, <laughs> you know, but but you 
you know, you're sitting at a table with people who have never met you before. They're there to have fun, but they're a little more crass or they're a little bit more stuck up about their gaming. And maybe the other five people at the table are a gaming group together and you're kind of the outsider. Okay, there's a difference in tabletop gaming than what we've been talking about. But there is, but my, but I'm bringing up I the same not question. Really, the, the thing is, I've not really seen this. Okay. Well, but, yeah. okay, I'll step, Fear the Con, yeah. five, yeah. Okay. The, when we did the society games, maybe yeah. six yeah. or whatever. Do yeah. you remember that table there that was given me, a first-time game master in the society, they were giving me tons of crap because I let some guy ro- make a roll against a guy who'd ran away? Yeah. Okay. And at that same one, and it, maybe it was the same group, I hate to just say that, but I was at a Pathfinder Society game, and you guys were doing something else. And, you know, the society rules are very specific, and I didn't know all those. So I was asking, like, you know, hey, you know, I I need to do this role. Is this it? Well, well, no, you always roll it this way. Like, they were very impatient. They were just like, you know, what do you mean you don't know this? And I'm like, no, guys, I it just did Pathfinder. Yeah. It happened for me, and I felt like a noob, okay. even though I knew Pathfinder. But I didn't know the society rules, and I felt like they were just kind of like, you know, what's this idiot doing at our table? Even though I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not a I, total I guess I just, I've been lucky about that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I know it, that they do, like, the rules lawyers exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And uh, in society, like, living campaigns are worse than they are in just well, normal. I'm going to call somebody out on this, too. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett. I love him to death. He's a rules lawyer, uh-huh. but he's honest. Yeah, and he's and he's really good about. For the most part, he's, he's pretty good at it. Lawyer. Like he's he's the. I'm going to learn all the rules, and we're going to play by the rules. And if I see something go wrong, I'm going to very nicely ask you. Are you sure that's how you're supposed to do that? But you can call him on it too, and yes. you can be like, you know, no, that the, the rule says you're supposed to do it this way. And he's like, yep, yep, you know you what? Can you're right. Be a rules lawyer and not be a jerk. Yeah, yes. he can't. <laughs> I be told. Uh, um, I think the things like about how when. Okay, so at Gen Con we played the actual the Pathfinder Society mm-hmm. game, uh-huh. but it was like a, all a whole table of people that I knew, and we all were new to actual. Hey, and we're Pathfinder doing that again Society. this year. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. I'm up for that. But okay. um, having is it a first level campaign go, that you guys do? Well, no, to, we just showed up as first level characters and play at a table. And we're just with keeping one to the force. same characters. <laughs> <laughs> we only dig. We only do big major missions, and that's it. Right? We're not yep. interested in this little stuff. Yeah. Did you guys level up last year? Nope. 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 We're back again. All that First little level. stuff is for chumps. Mm-hmm. One scenario. Yeah. Big stuff. Sorry. Anyway, but um, having that experience of abbing at the actual Pathfinder Society game, and not that RGM was mean about it or anything, but you have to be more strict to the rules and etc and like and I'm like I play role playing games just to have fun like to play to to, to play right. yeah right. and in our games we're not uh, society's a sport we're not mm-hmm. you know we're not about oh uh, you know you must keep track exactly of the amount of arrows that you have you must you know etc etc like uh, these very specific things and I'm just kind of like oh you know gonna just do whatever when we're just playing i mean it's not about the specific rules i mean sometimes we're kind of like well how exactly should i do this like oh well we're just gonna do it this this way whether or not that's exactly how the rules say it's gonna work for our game which is why i'm not even that interested in picking up like random role-playing games at Uh gen con 
Um, I mean, I love Gen Con, and I love going, and I mean, a lot of it is even the costuming and some of the other events that aren't necessarily, like, the actual games, you know, and doing things with my friends and et cetera. I, part of the re- I don't want to have to worry so much about the specific rules and, you know... That's why I'm not interested in well then games. society I mean unless yeah. you're doing the table with your friends right. and <laughs> yeah. society is not for you it's no. the you know a what lot is of the reason, true dungeon yeah, yeah it is. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the, uh, the reason why society is so strict is because it's trying to I mean instead of a table of six you have a table of what 60,000. Uh-huh. Well, that particular society. Ca- oh, you just mean in general. In general. Yeah, because 10, 12. Everyone's going through the same set of adventures. I think once yeah. you right. I think once you hit 8, you can voluntarily break off a new table. But you have to have somebody there who yeah, can run yeah, society. Run so yeah. sometimes yeah, you get stuck That's with the 12 why people. That they have such strict rules mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people are are making it more competitive than it really needs to be. Well, yeah. I mean I think there's a there. Uh, this is a little. I guess this is another ism that you know that we're talking. But I think that there is an amount of elitism when oh, yeah. when you deal with games like that, where there is you know an RPGA or a Pathfinder Society or a DCI or whatever your registered club of affiliation through your gaming, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, is. Right. Uh, there is. There's a sense that, well, of course I'm a better Pathfinder than you because I play society games. I know the rules. Well, right. you know, that's fine. You may play society games, but I enjoy playing Pathfinder. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's kind of... Sure that's do, but... like, And that's, that's kind of been my thing about sports versus games, and I, I sent you that. It, a sport is a game. Right, but a game is a game is not always a sport. The right. difference between a game and a sport is the emphasis on winning. If winning mm-hmm. becomes more important than playing, it's a sport. Right, the game that happens to be today. Mm-hmm. Right, sport because winning is that would be, be the more. Super Bowl for those of you. Oh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to time this. Episode. That's okay. That's, That's all right. Okay, yeah. but because they're going to be like, is there a soccer game on today? <laughs> And let me let me go ahead and make note now. I am not going to go in here and re-record congratulations to whoever won the game because no. I just don't care. I don't either. <laughs> uh, Said like a true answer. Indianapolis fan. <laughs> I don't it's ahead. not the Colts I'm very happy. But so th- that's my thing is is when a game loses the emphasis on playing, mm-hmm. it becomes a sport. Yeah. Whether it be a physical game, baseball, basketball, football. Or a Pathfinder game. If the players are out to, well, we have to get to this, railroading themselves through a game, not the DM's fault, but the players are like, I understand that you have this this side quest that you're really interested in doing, or you have this artifact that might just help us out, but I'm going to go ahead and bypass all of you and just destroy the monster in front of us. That's less fun. That's where right. it becomes the sport of the role-playing game to mm-hmm. me. Um in uh, Living Greyhawk, uh, when I was at a convention down in Oklahoma, um, there were a set of GMs, and I swear to you that they had shirts made up that said, TBK, I'm a TBK G- uh, GM, and I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. I took one look at them and said, let me know what your sessions are and i will not be on those tables right exactly 
You know, I think uh, kind of tying the elitism and the noobism together a little bit. Um, I think it comes down to you got to know your audience. You know, and I know we've said that many times in the past, but uh, there are some people that in one-on-one situations you can razz, you can haze, you can, you know, you're such a noob or whatever, blah blah blah, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't bother them. But somebody like Avital, who wears her heart on her sho- on her sleeves, we know that you would want to do that to her. It wouldn't. It it would l- lessen the possible enjoyment for her and ruin her shirt. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think as both players, game masters, video game players, card game players, whatever it is, it's uh, make it a point that in a non-competitive situation to get to know who you're playing with, know a little bit about them, kind of understand what it is you're doing. Uh, and, you know, it's okay to test the waters every once in a while, but if you notice you're offending somebody, say so, say you're sorry, whatever. In a competitive situation... You've got to do the same thing, but it's more on the back end. Win or lose. Yeah. Acknowledge the other person's ability, good or bad. At least say, look, I, I was glad I got to play with you. I, I wish you the best of luck moving forward. Uh, and hope maybe we'll get to play again. Now, granted, there are some times you're not going to want to play again, so don't lie to them. But you don't have to be a jerk. Yes. Uh, yep. I don't know how close to put this. You're good right there. So um, I'm going to confess one of my sins, and I'm curious to see what you all think about this one. How bad is it <laughs> to walk into a game and pretend you're a noob? Act like you're it's a noob. sandbagging. Okay. Thank yeah. you. That's the actual term. And then basically wipe the floor with your opponent. Because well, I've done that before. Yeah, I, think, I think it depends on what kind of game you're playing. I was playing Texas Hold'em. Okay, I walked well, see, into a Texas different. Hold'em tournament. That's totally fine. Okay. okay. That's I was, a tactic. I, I have a... Okay. Right. Just, <laughs> Fair enough. Just, just to was, lay that out there, uh, Lance's definition for sport versus gaming is almost the exact same one that I have for gaming versus gambling. Oh, okay. Because, okay. again, gambling is a game, mm-hmm. but gaming, you know, does not necessarily have to involve gambling. And... It's always, when you're gambling, it's always to win. Okay. Always to win. There's no reason for you to sit. That's why even the if WPT you only, is a sport. Right. That, even if you go to Vegas with 20 bucks, your goal is to leave with at least the 20 bucks with you showed up with. More than 20 bucks. So, I mean, so, yeah, I, also, I mean. I also did it in EVE. I also walked well, in and I was in a ship that normally would have been a noob ship, but they didn't know that I had it fit within an inch of its life. And so this guy comes over and is like, ah, what are you doing here? And starts firing at me and it literally does me no damage. And then I like one shot at him. And I was like, careful about assuming who the noobs are in here. And then I left. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So I think with, with that particular scenario, if you are going to, even in, in professional and online poker, mm-hmm. if you go to a room specifically for new people, right. I think that is uh, right. an ill choice. Uh, right. If right. you are going Agreed. to an open game, mm-hmm. it's role playing. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. This was a this was a live tournament. It was one where I actually played it. It was um, okay. It was when I was in medical school, and I it was everybody. I mean, there were everybody from you know 
19 year olds up to I think it was a 60 year old everybody was in this and we just all were sitting around and playing and so I was just I was a little slower on my you know my picks and I was just like you know okay so it's full house beats and you know I just made a few of those comments like okay that beats that right like I was learning and then eventually they realized that there's no way I was doing what I was doing and being a noob but I did sandbag but it wasn't all noobs there was everybody there Derek you have to go out of character for this one I actually would have serious issues with that. Okay. Okay. Um, because I think it's mind. There's no way of putting this in a PG PG way. It's a mental thing. It's a mind. Mm-hmm. I, I agree, and that's the reason why I asked. Because yeah, the, the game when you play a game. It's not always just the action. Sometimes you win the game in your head or you lose the game in your head. It, and yeah, if I cause this player to lose this game because they think that they're playing a noob and, oh, well, I'm going to do it a little bit differently. But I have, I have serious issues <laughs> with people playing with people's minds. Oh, okay. Then you don't need to play poker. I'm just That's saying. for sure. Ever. I, I'm no, just, I don't. I'm just going to say that having played a little bit of competitive magic, having played a little bit of poker before, um, and just when I play games that are supposed to be competitive games, I am competitive. I'm still, again, a sportsman, but I'm still competitive. I still would like to win the game if I can. If I don't, I'm not going to be sore about it. But I have to disagree with the idea of, of it being, you know, obviously you don't agree with it. No. But, and that's okay. I think it's cheating. Uh, see, I disagree. I don't think it's cheating because I feel like... You're not what, playing the game in... But you, but you are. are. But in you that are. Game especially. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Games like that that are sports-style games or at least played in a sports-style way mm-hmm. are only a small percentage the actual action. You can beat your opponent before you ever draw your first hand. Yes. Just by the attitude in which you come to the table. And it's all... I mean, there's no difference... In Debbie stepping up to a poker table and uh, pretending that she's kind of new at it just to kind of get an edge. Because when somebody who is new is at the table, you tend to kind of take your guard down a little bit, which means you show your signs a little bit better. Uh, you might be a little bit quicker to help her out and things like that. And when it comes to when it comes to a competitive game, you want every edge you can get against a competitor. Well, I'll give you a good example. Werewolf. <laughs> Why do you think we explain the game Are You a Werewolf as a combination of poker meets something else? But you're playing the game. That's part of the intention of that's the game. That's part of poker is playing the well, person Well, you brought across. up Magic the Gathering, so yeah. we can go back to that. Well, that's, that's fine. You're still I'm, playing the I, When I play Magic game. the Gathering, I will draw. even if I have a dead hand, if I have a completely dead hand, part of my game is to make you think... That at the drop of a hat, I'm going to screw up whatever plans you have. I'm playing my blue deck, which is a quintessential counterspell deck. I draw a land. I have two cards in my hand. I set my cards face down. I swing my creatures. I sit back and I go, pass turn. Go ahead. I have four untapped mana. It's going to make you think about what I have versus what you have. Mm -hmm. And I think that's strategy. Um the difference for me in whether it's allowable or not to sandbag is are the entrance qualifications 
part of the game or if like a poker tournament mm-hmm. if everyone pays the same ante mm-hmm. you come with whatever skill you have right uh, in a role playing game if it is a decidedly for beginners game right and it says so at the marquee of the game right beginners only um levels 1 through 3 mm-hmm. and that's for player not for player character people right. who have just become new to the yeah. game and they mm-hmm. explain that mm-hmm. and then you go in having played for the past 10 years right and you know every race you know every skill every stat right. i agree i think that's yeah. bad you form. are then cheating i think, I think that think is that's, bad form. that's where it comes in however if you're playing the war game mm-hmm. and you're playing with seven other people all playing a different nation, half of which are enemies of yours, if you come in and you leave yourself open in an area that may not strategically be the greatest area in the world, however, your plan has already basically, you know, you are setting the trap so that when this country comes in because they think, oh, well, he's new, he doesn't understand the strategy of using Russia, Right. I'll just come tra- you know, trampling in with my tanks from Germany, and then literally you just get ambushed from every direction. Mm-hmm. That's a historical thing. But I'm just saying. What <laughs> also I, but, true. But what I'm saying is I, I, I don't see – personally, I don't see the difference in the strategy of doing that and gaining an advantage over your opponent and you know, playing a noob at a poker table. Again, the, the – the- thing is the marquee if it yeah. says for beginners only right and you're an experienced player and i will agree cheap. and i will agree with that i think that i think that if you're trying to classify games so that you have the the opportunity to teach someone like if you you go then to the that's totally table different. as a beginner right you're gonna get trounced oh yeah you're totally. gonna get killed okay. but yeah. if if it's an open table right on the floor anyone's welcome then it's a strategy right right absolutely because every person should be aware that every person, every other person sitting at that table could be experienced or they could be a noob. You don't yeah, know. You, you don't. need to remember that. But assuming walking up to a table, just because someone acts that way, you're assuming that you know that person and that what's going on. And to me, that's, a, that's letting your guard down as going down as a player. Right. Just because this person acts new, there's nothing on there that says that this person hasn't been doing this 20 years. But so I need to keep playing smart. Casinos have... Uh, beginner and teaching tables. Right. Where specifically for them. It's specifically for them, but anyone can go. Okay. So you could be a professional player, and mm-hmm. if you are, they'll recognize you because, you know, well, it's yes, Vegas or whatever. Well, yes, that's true, yeah. But anyone can sit down at a beginner table, but they say it's for beginners to teach them the game, but they do play for some stakes. It's usually mm-hmm. Penny Annie type right, stuff. Right, right. But if you are a professional player and you've been doing it for a while... It's cheating to sit at that table. It's legal, but it's cheating. I I agree. I I think that, well, it may be considered an aspect of it. Um, And I'm just, poker is so wonky. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go back to magic. Okay. Because it's it's a little bit more uh, decisive. But it is competitive. It is competitive. You're there. You're playing your deck of cards. And there's a luck aspect to it. Um, there is a strategy aspect on how you built your deck. And so if you're playing those mind games, then I just don't see you as being as confident in your deck as you should be. And then you're just being... The game is you're, you're fighting, you're, you're 
well, not necessarily. You don't have to have monsters to defeat them, but you're trying to uh, trying to whittle away someone's life down to zero. Okay, your opponents. Um, if you're mind gaming them, then that's not really part of the game. I consider. Okay. And I guess it's pretty obvious that I just don't play those types of. Yeah. I mean, and and to be completely That's honest... That's part of why I went to UFS. Right. Because of the community there. Right. I was, I was tired of the quote-unquote noobism that right. I was getting at Magic. And and, and I, I, I will agree with you in saying that when I am playing a game for, you know, for, especially for casual sake, if I'm just sitting down to play with a friend or something like that, even if it does get a little bit competitive, I'm not going to I'm not going to try I'm not I'm not going to be a complete jerk. But you know, I think that I think that I agree to a certain extent that you are taking an advantage over the person that you're playing. Mm-hmm. But having done that, I will say that I think that used correctly, it is a legitimate strategy. It may not necessarily be your legitimate strategy, and that's okay. Yeah. I'm not saying it's my legitimate strategy in every situation. But if I'm playing somebody, I'm going to use every advantage I have to try and beat them in a situation like that. Fair enough. So, on our last episode, we established, and I'm sorry, Lance, I have to repeat this. Because, you know, it's all about that race. About that race. No speckle. <laughs> so, for episode 90, our new fact is, our PSA for episode 90 is the established facts, is not an ismist podcast. <laughs> oh, Thank you and good night. Uh, bye. Bye. See you all. Bye. Cheers. Please visit us at www.theestablishedfacts.com and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash theestablishedfacts. If you'd like to support us by buying some merchandise, visit cafepress.com slash castingrobot. Oh,